Secession is way more important to me. This has been my dream for a long time. Guys that know me, they knew I wanted one of my guys to take over. And that's more important to me than anything. And have a place where I can go and be welcomed back. And obviously, I have a job now, and I kind of love the title pretty good. I can figure out what the hell it means. It's pretty damn good, and uh, I get to stay and have the relationship that I love. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Scott Reynolds is here with me, also from PewterReport.com. The rest of the PewterReport.com crew will be stopping in from time to time today on the show. It's going to be a, a great show. Bittersweet is kind of the word of the day going around in Tampa Bay right now, Scott, because Bruce Arians is stepping down as head coach, retiring, sailing off into the sunset. Lots of conversation we'll have about that. Todd Bowles is the new head coach in Tampa Bay. We thought we might get a week maybe where there wasn't any major breaking news. Not in this market. Hell no. (laughs) No vacation for you. It's incredible, Scott. The the ride of the last couple of years in Tampa Bay has been just completely nonstop, full of twists and turns yeah. on, off the field, player acquisitions, coaches. It's been absolutely crazy. And yeah. this one caught a lot of people by surprise. What were your initial thoughts? You and I had were actually on the phone when this happened, like when this broke and yeah. we were kind of talking about this might be coming. And then literally it was like, boom, it's out. And we were yeah. just like, oh, let's go write the stories. It was yeah, kind got, of a crazy a, night. A text from the PR staff about eight or so o'clock mm-hmm. last night. Maybe it was before eight. And they said, just wanted to give you a heads up that there will be some news tonight. Yeah. Can't go into any specifics. And I called you and I said, Bruce Harris is retiring. I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, we were like, uh, like yeah. that's what it was. We were like, okay, what's the reason? That was our real, like, we yeah. were trying to figure out how to write it because yeah. we thought we had an inkling. And honestly, he left the owner's meetings with a personal reason and oh, we yeah. knew something was happening. Yeah, this has we, been brewing we, for a long time. Right. Yeah. But we just weren't totally sure what it all was going to be specifically yeah. or how. And honestly, Scott, I know people were stunned and people, especially not close to the organization that don't know Bruce and don't know the Bucks culture, which is most people that aren't around here because they don't get the national attention that they should even with Brady. People haven't paid attention to the actual culture Mm -hmm. of the organization. I think very well, that's, that's, you know, on us to kind of relay that. And I think that those people who weren't as close maybe were more shocked, but as soon as you and I kind of had a minute to reflect on it and to think about it, it was kind of like, this really makes perfect sense. This is exactly what oh, yeah. Bruce Aaron said he's about his entire career. And this is really a, a complete, like, it's like the, it's like a fairy tale ending for mm-hmm. him. A lot it of people is. want to win the Super Bowl. I wrote a right. column about it this morning. He's already a lot done of people, that. A lot of coaches want to win. Yeah. He's already done that. They want to win <laughs> it in their last year, go right. out on top. But mm-hmm. to him, this is going out on top. This is what that looks like for him, I think. Yeah, I agree. And and the thing is, is listen, there, there, there are two schools of thought, right? There is the, he was forced out by Tom Brady, right? Or the, this was the, I, I wanted to go out this way. And Brady coming back just kind of, you know, helped, helped me get to that point. Right. At the end of the day, whatever really happened, and the only people that are really going to know whatever happened are Tom Brady, Bruce Arians, Jason Light, and the Glaciers. Because those are the people that, and this is true, were in on this going back to the start of free agency. When Tom came back, he was made aware of the fact that that Bruce was contemplating this, right? You can't yeah. spring it on Tom Brady 
oh, you're coming back to play for me, but I'm not going to be here, right? Like, this this is not a spur-of-the-moment thing for Bruce Arians. This right. is something he has been thinking about for a long time. The only people that knew about this were Bruce Arians, Jason Light, the Lasers, and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Matt and I even talked about the how uncomfortable uh, Joel Lazier was when we asked him the question about, did you know Tom's coming back at Manchester United? He's like, oh, we didn't have any discussions or conversations. Well, yeah. it was that night. Yeah. yeah. I, and Joel yeah. always looks uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's just my but, opinion. But they knew. This morning watching the press, I was like, yes. hey, he doesn't. He's like kind of always smiling, but I know. there's nothing really funny. It's just you need right. Like, yeah. yeah, his mannerisms are. But funny. this has been in the works. And listen, whatever whatever uh, school of thought you're in, whether it's you know if you believe Bruce Arians, everything that comes out of his mouth is gospel. If you believe Mike Florio, it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, this is the decision, and this is the decision that everybody is at peace with. Bruce Arians is at peace with this because it's his decision. Tom Brady's at peace with this. He was at the press conference today mm-hmm. supporting Todd Bowles and Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. Todd Bowles loved it, loves this decision, obviously. He's a head coach. Jason Light uh, has had a relationship with Todd Bowles dating back to 2013 in Arizona. And, and the Lasers, they just made him the highest-paid defensive coordinator after the Super Bowl, right? So everybody's on board with this decision. So mm-hmm. uh, whoever suggested it or whether it was, it was an uh, original thought by Bruce, it doesn't matter. Because here we are, everybody's on board. Everybody wants to see this succeed, and I really think they got the the right guy for the job. You know, I I uh, I wrote a column that uh, a couple of Fab Fives ago, the next head coach is going to be the fourth black head coach in Tampa Bay, and that's yeah. exactly what happened. And that was part of the plan by Bruce uh, uh, Arians. If you've been a longtime Peter Report reader, mm-hmm. you've known for years that the successor was going to be Todd Bowles, not Byron Leftwich, Todd Bowles. Right. My my sentimental favorite is Harold Goodwin. I still think Goody's going to be That's a right. great head coach, but yeah. I've got no problems with this. The reason why is uh, is because he is a defensive minded coach, John. That's why. Yeah, he, he's, I was going to say this is up, this is up your alley. <laughs> this is up my alley. Yeah, but more more so. So let, let's let's get to the re- real reasoning of why Bowles, as opposed to Leftwich, a couple of things. Todd Bowles has been with Bruce Arians longer, dating back to Temple. There's that trust. There's that relationship. And the thing with Bowles is he's he's been there and done that, so he's got that head coaching uh, opportunity right. uh, before, and he, he knows what to do and what not to do. If you look at his record in New York, he knows a, about a lot of what not to do. Mm-hmm. Leftwich is going to get a head coaching job probably next year. It's just coming, right? Another year with Brady. And, and it's I, I feel that's going to happen. I think Arians knows it's going to happen too. But the thing with, with Todd Bowles is he is a savant. I mean smart. Not just football IQ, just a, a cerebral just a guy. Very intelligent human. Very yes. intelligent human right. being. And, and I'm not saying that Byron Leftwich is not. All right. right. There's no slide on Leftwich. Right. It's just this is the difference between a Hall of Fame player and a Pro Bowl player. Right. Like th- there is a difference. Right. It, you got to have a lot of Pro Bowls to become a whole. Well, I think it's experience, too. Right. I mean, this is it's no doubt. Clearly, it's a roster that needs someone to step in that wasn't going to be first time at all of this. Right. Exactly. Now. And I think that was really important. Plus, he's Bowles has been groomed for this. Like you said, Leftwich is yeah. going to get other opportunities. I wrote about this today, Scott, and I've told you about it. But, you know, I ask a lot of people around the league when the head coaching interviews, you know, that during that time of the year, I'm kind of always coming on here and 
Yep. Oh, I hear this. I hear this. You know, you mm -hmm. hear all the Tampa Bay stuff. I talk to people all around the other teams because they don't yep. care about telling me stuff because I cover the box. So it doesn't right. matter. But I come in here and give the Nuggets kind of what I hear. And it was a common refrain amongst people who are dialed into the league that Bulls got head coach interviews and yep. there are teams that respect him. He's respected around the league. Mm -hmm. But because everybody is trending to these young offensive minded right. hires and then some of these and obviously that's worked in a lot of cases. I'm not knocking that at all. Yep. If anybody follows me knows I, I've applauded a lot of those approaches. Right. But there was a general sentiment that this was I think he got four interviews this year. Wasn't yeah. really considered a finalist for any of them. Didn't right. really get a ton of energy or steam and, picked and up in any of them. He's not going to wow anybody over Zoom. Yeah. It's you know, not. that's that I the common sentiment amongst multiple yeah. people that I talked to was that this could be the last like year where he gets a lot of interviews or gets right. maybe gets one next year. But it's the interest and the opportunities were, were were running lower on him because he's somebody that you're higher on once you've had a chance to get to know him. And you heard that yes. from everybody today. But off first impression, he might not wow you like some of the younger coaches that That's are right. out there that are coming in, fresh ideas and all this. And like, yep. he's going to do what he's done and what's worked for him for years in terms of leadership. And I don't know that every organization in the NFL looks for that right now because of that. That's right. And guess what? If I know that, Bruce knew that. And Bruce That's knew right. that this was an opportunity for Todd, maybe his only opportunity you'll ever yes. have again. There's no doubt he into, did him a favor. Yes, not just a well situation, but a deserved favor. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He, you're right. He feels like Bowles is genuinely qualified and the best person for this job. He's clearly qualified. Is he the best person for the job? We're going to talk more about that probably yeah. as this show goes on today and, and save some of the, my thoughts on that for the end. But qualification, absolutely. And especially this year, Scott. Yeah. I personally don't think that it changes that much long term. I agree. There's a lot of questions with this. There's a, a lot of questions about how this will work. This year, though, this is such an established culture. It's an established coaching staff. There's been no turnover, really, right. other than losing Mike Caldwell. Like, this is just a group that's been together. Yeah. They know each other. The players know each other. There's Brady and Leftwich. There's Bowles. Right. There's Rodgers and Foot. I just Bulls is going to keep calling the defense. Leftwich is going to keep calling the offense. Right. The biggest changes will be in-game management, but mm -hmm. you know how how will Bulls handle those things? That'll be something that we critique. But it's not like Arians was perfect at all of that either, or any head right. coach, for example. Like to be honest, is perfect. There's certainly some that are worse than others. Right. But that's going to be the stuff that really measures Bulls, in my opinion. I don't know how much change, and I could be wrong, but right now I don't know. For 2022, yeah. I don't know how much it changes long term. There's a lot of questions for sure. The Bulls is right. going to have, you know, we're going to evaluate him by. But 2022, I, I think that it, it doesn't change a whole lot on the field for the yeah. Bucs in 2022. And I think that's what the Lasers and Jason Light are most excited about. And that's what Tom Brady's <laughs> most excited about. Yes. He's coming back to a familiar situation, right? I mean, Brady looks around the, the landscape of the NFC and says, I'm in the right conference, right? <laughs> like, yeah. like the path to the Super Bowl is not as steep as it is in the other conference, right? So right. Uh, I, I agree. I agree with everything you said. And, and uh, we kind of asked Bowles, well, what is your way? And he said, which was kind of funny. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is the funny thing that we'll let you, you in uh, on out there in Pewter People land. Todd Bowles, we get him for 8 to 12 minutes once a week during the season. And he's very stoic and dry. And he just kind of talks like this. And yeah, he's, he's, just he's very vanilla. He's very plain. He doesn't want to give you a whole bunch. <laughs> but the funny thing is, in 2019, the last time we were in the Bucks locker room, thankfully this year, uh, with COVID being over or as over as possible, yeah. we'll be back in there. But the thing the players would, would tell me in 2019 is like, oh, man, I would run through a wall for Todd Bowles. He's the funniest guy. He's cracking us up in yeah. meetings. And I'm like, what? 
And like, you got a taste of that today, didn't you? We did. It was incredible. Yes, yeah, yes. he's a totally different person. Totally different person. Yeah. And and the thing that Jason Light said, and, and I quote, is he says the, the one thing that, that you guys in the media haven't really seen so much is is that personality come through. He's like, we've seen it, but but the thing about Bowles is he's like the biggest shit talker, and that's a quote from Jason Light. <laughs> right. He is the biggest shit talker out he there. He said in the that too. Yeah, Arian said that, and he yeah, said it. Bowles. So it's it, we are going to see more of that that personality and we are going to, to really have a, a closer look at, at why these players love playing for Todd Bowles so much. Uh, I know one thing that Buccaneer fans want to get an answer uh, about. He was asked today after the press conference, they brought Bowles in to talk to the the reporters, the beat writers in the media room and Bowles comes in and, uh, and he was asked a couple questions in and we, we softball him a little bit. Then he was asked about okay, what's up with the Rams call? Like like what yeah. what happened about that? And actually and forgot he has not been available to us since that exactly. Play. I mean he yeah. wasn't and, available and, after that. You know game, what he said? So. We blew it. We blew it. <laughs> we blew it. <laughs> and and uh, and he said, listen, uh, it's one of those things that that when it's called right and it's executed right, it's a great play. Any play, yeah. it's a great play. But when it's called wrong or not executed right, it, it doesn't work. And then you you know you wish you called something different or executed yeah. it better or whatever. And the one thing Bull said, as you said, two things that were kind of poignant first was that was one play, but there were other plays, especially in the first half that he thought were more detrimental. Remember that I think the Rams had what a 21, 27, 24 to three lead at halftime. Yeah. I mean, they did a lot of damage in the first half against the Bucks defense and right. the Bucks offense wasn't helping out either. They had a field goal on the board at halftime. So right. Bulls pointed that out. The other thing he said was, was when you when you look at at uh, you know at, at, at that particular game, um, it sticks with you, right? You you have that that sour taste in your mouth, and we yeah. have something to prove this year. And and the crazy thing is that call, John, actually led to Todd Bowles being the head coach here. It's crazy to think about, hmm. but. If that call isn't made, if the Buccaneers do happen to come back and win, they beat the 49ers at home the next week. Uh, They're in the Super Bowl. They actually beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. <laughs> and Todd Bowles probably is coaching somewhere else. Yeah, as a Super Bowl winner, back-to-back. As a Super Bowl winner, yeah. It's, it changes it's crazy. things for NFL teams. You're right. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. to think. It is but, funny but that that could be. Yeah. That call led to him being here. <laughs> In Tampa, the and and honestly, long term, we will see how that unfolds because, like I said, there are deserved recognitions of his qualifications in a lot of ways, and deserved question marks as well. Not really so much from his time with the Jets. His defenses were honestly good with the Jets, even when he didn't yeah. have that great a talent. Like his defenses have never been bad. Like yeah. you could argue like that some things could be been better, but obviously injury riddled last season. There've been he again. He's a, he's a risk taker. That's what he is, yeah. and he's going to live and die by the sword. No right. question about it. You're always oh, going to oh, have your and, and you with what, that in every other quarter. That was another point he made, John, and, and I appreciate you bringing that up because he said, he said, if you go back to the play before, they were playing some zone, and Sean Murphy Bunting slipped and fell down. Yes. Cooper Cup made a big play, got out of bounds. Mike Edwards could make the tackle. And so you got one play, right? You, you're, you're gone to the next play. And, and Todd said, if I had called zone and – Matthew Stafford drives down the field, kick, mm-hmm. kicks a field goal, and win. What's the narrative going to be? You know, why didn't you blitz him? 
That's what you do. You're a blitzer. Why didn't you blitz him? So listen, I've said this before on radio. I think I've said it here in the podcast. I'll say it again. You can be as pissed off as you want about Todd Bowles' call. Tom Brady could be pissed off about it, right? Bruce Arians could be. The media, the fans, whoever. You can be mad about that call and the outcome of, of that play, that big shot to Cooper Cup. Nobody is more upset about it, nor will be more yeah. upset about it, than Todd Bowles. True. Yep. No question about it. I mean, that's that's exactly how Bulls' mindset will work, and there's no there's no doubt about that. Now, will he blitz again? Maybe, but like he's definitely upset about the way that it turned out, the communication, right. whatever it was, um, for sure. Now, nobody gets boiled down to one call. I've said this a million times before. Yep. You can't. You have to be able to be extremely critical of that call and recognize still that Bulls is a top ten defensive coordinator in the NFL. Exactly. Like you cannot. <laughs> right. You can't conflate the two. Like it can't be because yeah. he made a bad call, he should be fired. Like those right. are that's the kind of stuff we have to get away from. I talk I about that all the time. Toby, uh, imagine being a reporter slash beat writer for any other organization in the NFL the last three years. No way it's as eventful as falling Tampa. I, yeah. I people know this by now, probably. I yeah. started a month before Brady signed. That's and right. So basically, my entire time at Peter Report has been a complete whirlwind of yes. this kind of stuff where I'm it, watching. It's uh, Hurricane John. That's what yeah. I'm watching it. draft prospects last <laughs> night, and you call me, and five minutes later, yeah. Bruce Aarons is retired, and it's like yep. you know scramble mode for the next three hours, writing yeah. stories and get news, and it's it's a blast, no question about it. Right. But also, I it's amazing to me how little is understood about the culture in Tampa Bay, like nationally and all these other mm-hmm. places. And it honestly, though, like made me think like about I was writing this story about Arians today. That's up on yeah. Peter Report. It made me think about like. What teams' cultures do I feel like are well understood outside of like New England? I think people have a pretty good right. grasp of because 20 years dominance in a very, you know, Belichick's attitude with the media, all yeah. so many players kind of being honest about their experience in New England. You know, it's kind of like prison, but also like you do have a lot of success, <laughs> but it's, you know, just a lot of the common refrains and stories. But even I thought about it, even a place like Pittsburgh, I'm a Pittsburgh guy, a Steelers mm-hmm. guy, and I just think the general lack of understanding of who Mike Tomlin is as a coach when you hear like national people talk about him the good and the bad like people don't talk about the bad things about him but they think that the good things about him are like not like the good things that they give him credit for like not really his strengths like I just feel like how much is misunderstood in those circles and it really just made brought me back to the point Scott where like it is just so important to listen to local media and beat reporters Mm -hmm. like on their teams that they cover and obviously I've been somebody I come from a a background that is more a little bit more national, like in terms of covering the draft right. and having to study every team and NFL tape for every team for so many years mm-hmm. that I do think I can speak a little bit more to every team. But even the further I get from that, the more I go to people in situations that are close to the team and rely on them. And it's amazing the depth of information you get from people who are dialed in That's on right. situations that you don't get if you talk to people nationally. Like they have to talk nationally. Right. And they have to create buzz and they have to create, they have to basically outclick local media. And so they right. do what, really they have what to it do is. To you knowledgeable it. on topics. It's, but it's, it's just and, not, there's no comparison, Scott, between like what local right. media know. And, and I just think that's really important. And like people who want to understand the Bucks culture and how strong it is, watch that presser today. Like yeah. see Glazer talk, see yep. Jason Light talk see the emotion, see Bruce Arians and listen to what he says and the way that he says it and how honest and direct he is about being self-depreciating, being honest about the opportunity for other people, the closeness of that staff, how far back they go with Bulls playing for him. Like the memory that he has of those specific situations, like there's a closeness there that is not, it just doesn't happen in the NFL. That's right. It is special. You've covered the Bucks for how long? So I mean, there's nothing like this 
that's comparable in the NFL circles in terms of I would how say, close this staff is. I would say the closest was was the Dungy staff, right? That's Herm Edwards. That's yeah. Rod Marinelli, Lovey right. Smith, Great uh, you know, it, it, Joe Barry eventually, Mike Tomlin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Clyde Christensen was on that staff, yeah. you know, as a tight ends coach, Mike Shula. It, it, yeah, but it, Arians it, it and half these feel. dudes go back like 40 years. That's what I was going to say. But That's as close very, as that rare. was, right, that was close. Yeah. What Arians has going on is family. Yeah. It's legitimate Literally. family, right? Yeah. It's temple roots. It's back in, uh-huh. in, in there. So it's it, it's it's different, right? It's yeah. it's special. And you know what? That's, that's the thing, too. Listen, we talk about – uh, about being emotional, right? Um, I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm an independent reporter, and mm. and and we try to be as objective as possible. And the, and the reason why I say that, I don't say I'm a Buccaneer fan, because there, there's the right time to call for a head coach to be fired, right? Mm. Um, and, and fans, when things don't go their way right away, fire this guy. I mean, I've even seen on 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 Twitter. This year, Jason Light needs to be fired. What has Jason Light done that that where he deserves to be fired? That's ridiculous. That's asinine. That that's a fan talking, and you yeah. just can't do that when you're a reporter. But it's like watching Bruce Arians up there today, and you see the emotion from him. That really got him when Joel Glazier said, "You're going in the Ring of Honor." That was yeah. a surprise. That really got yeah. Bruce, and yeah. he and I talked about that afterwards. Um, Listen, I'll say this just just real quick as I get a run and Matt Matera is getting ready to come on here, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get to know these people. Right. And not nearly as as much with with COVID. Right. Because we were basically, you know, yeah. banned from the facility and all that type of stuff. We, you know, today was the first day I was at one Buccaneer place at the Advent Health Training Center in the media room since 2019. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? That's a little bit of a, an emotional moment for me yeah. walking back in there. And in an emotional day period, just with an emotional day period. And, and the thing is what, what you don't understand really is, you know, we're not a subscription website. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be right. We're going to be free for all. That's how it is. Right. You have to put up with Celsius. We're going to do a Celsius spot in just a minute here. Okay. You have to put up with, with manscaped and you got to put up with, with uh, immunity and, and, and we hope that, that you, check out these companies and give them your business because they're the lifeblood they mm-hmm. they allow us to present this information to you guys. When, when the world shut down, okay. Our website kept going. We had to take massive pay cuts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, we lost about two thirds of our advertising revenue in 2020. Right. Because of the COVID lockdowns, we're going to businesses. Hey, we can't, we can't afford to send you our advertising checks because we're closed, right? So this is just some real stuff. I'm not saying that we were close to folding or shutting down. That mm-hmm. wasn't the case. Our company, like a lot of companies out there across the country, were in dire straits. Mm-hmm. John, we couldn't bring you aboard when we when we wanted to because of that. You yeah. know that. Yep. And that's as deep as I'm going to get into it. But there's a lot of things that we had to pause, hit the brakes on, even drive the car in reverse a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. You guys out there with your, with your super chats, with your, with your donations, you don't know how much that helped us. But the thing is, is, and this is where we can't control it. We're the storytellers. We don't throw touchdowns or make tackles or get sacks. Although I want to get sacks. I'm a defensive guy, but Bruce Arians coming to Tampa after watching Raheem Morris, after watching, um, 
Levy Smith, or, you know, Greg Shannon, Levy Smith, Dirk Cutter. After that, twelve years of of being mm. in the desert without any water, Bruce Arians brought the rain, baby, and we at Peter Report needed the rain. And <laughs> and and so when he's stepping down, I'm I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, we don't control the wins and losses; we just report on right. it. But the fact that the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl when they did. I'm not going to say it saved Peter Report, but <laughs> it helped a lot. Sure. It brought yeah. a lot of people uh, to the table that our numbers have gone through. We've doubled our traffic in two years. Doubled it. Yeah. Because of the great Buccaneer fans out there like you guys that support us. But because mm. you show up, because of Bruce Arians and what he brought to Tampa and what he built, and he's passing on to Todd Bowles and getting mm. Tom Brady, all of that had a major impact on us, myself, right. John, Matt, Allie, Hugh, the uh, the entire mm-hmm. Peter Report staff, Cliff Welch, our photographer. It was massive. Mm-hmm. So to watch Bruce get emotional up there, I don't get emotional at press conferences. I got emotional because – Yeah, I was. Yep. He means a lot. Uh, John, I thought your your article, your column was spot on today. I'm glad he's going in the Bucks Ring of Honor. It crosses mm-hmm. off one thing I have to write about in the Fab Five because I don't have to campaign for it. It's going to happen. But this is a special guy that gave us three very special years. Mm-hmm. And, John, I, I got the feeling that the specialness is not over yet. I think it's going to carry yeah. on with Todd Bowles. I really, really yeah. do. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think it's extremely well said, and especially you're talking about the Bucs fans and, and the way things have changed and, and the change that Arians brought. Again, like culture, people talk about the game day management stuff, and I think that all that stuff's important. But the number one responsibility of head coach, in my opinion, is culture, and that means yes. the way you treat people because the way yep. you treat people is going to be how they treat other people. And if that culture is strong, the chances of building a winner are just way higher. I mean, yeah, you got to get the football stuff right. But a lot of these dudes know football. You know, there are varying degrees, certainly in terms of decision-making and scheme. But a lot of these dudes know football. You have to get talent. You have to know football. But not very many people can create a good culture. You see all the coaches that go places, and they can't Mm -hmm. create a good culture, and they can't hire a good staff. And it kills them. They can't. They might know football great on a whiteboard, but they can't do those things. And and you know it's a good culture when you see it in the community, when you Mm -hmm. see – kids wearing Buccaneer jerseys and you see the car flags, right? You're yep. proud to be a Buccaneer fan because you're winning and you're winning the right way. You're winning in a fun way. You're winning in a, an ass kicking, no risk it, no biscuit way, right? It's fun to be a, a Buccaneer fan, right? Because right. you're, you're doing it the right way. And to me, that's what Joel Lazier, Matt, uh, we're bringing on Matt Materi here from Pewter Report. That's really what Joel Lazier was talking about. And, you know, you wrote an article about that as well, about how, it's it's not just you know and at the time it, Joel was talking about Brady, but that was because he was keeping a secret. It was really <laughs> it was really Brady and Arians, right? But but uh, to have to have that impact to grow the fan base. Some of us Tom Brady, but as John said, it's the culture, right? That's Scott. That's absolutely right. And hello, John, as well too. That's hello, like man. one of the first. That's that's one of the first things that. Joel Glazer spoke about when we were at the NFL owners meetings that sure, everyone loves winning and that's the best feeling. But outside of that, he said, growing the the Bucks community, growing the fan base. This is what I live for. This is like why I got into football. I became a fan of the sport because of this. Yep. And like, this is what gets me going. This is what gets me moving. So that was, you know, completely the, the first thing that you notice and you see now, especially that the team is winning and just the overall, look of today you know it had that feeling of um 
what's Dr. Seuss's quote? Like, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Mm -hmm. Like, there's yeah. just so much appreci appreciation in that room. I mean, you could just see from all the coaches that were there, Tom Brady sitting in the front row, some of the other players that were there. You know, not everyone had to be in the building for that, okay? It's yeah. the offseason. Players are right. in different states. Coaches are in different areas. And they all went at, just to show support for both Bruce Arians and Todd Bowles. So yeah. I think you saw a lot of love and admiration. And there was many classic Bruce moments. I think there was a lot of great, and we could talk further about this, a, a lot of um, a lot of great stuff with Todd Bowles that, I, you know, I've been trying to tell people what you see from Todd Bowles like he's a, he's a bit of a different guy when he's not on camera. Like he's right. He's very funny. He's got a very dry sense of humor. <laughs> it's sarcastic. Yeah. And you you saw a lot of that today. I think you saw a lot of mm -hmm. that in both his press conference, um, in 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 big auditorium and yeah. his private um interview with with the media in, in the other room. So yeah. I thought of a lot of great things that you saw today from uh, from the Bucks facility. I agree. Speaking of, of media, um, we would be remiss if we didn't do our, our Celsius plug. I'm gonna let you guys handle that. Sure. I throw up this amazing Celsius graphic that has all these amazing flavors. I had the amazing flavor of Fuji apple pear today. That's what I had, and it got me going. So, John, I'm going to let you take it away. We're going to bring in J.C. Allen after this uh, message sponsored by our friends at Celsius. They are the official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast and the official energy drink of the Pewter Report podcast. Yeah, and it doesn't get any better than them. I mean, the amount of flavors that they have with no sugar is truly incredible. I'm rocking the peach vibe as I have been. It's been a peach vibe kind of week for me. Uh, and I've needed, especially after late late night last night, for sure. Um, and, and look at the different flavors that they have, though. Got the wild berry, the strawberry guava, the Fuji apple pear, orange, orange sickle, blueberry pomegranate, watermelon. There's so many good flavors. You can check them all at Celsius.com. Use the store locator. Find out where they sell Celsius near you. Also, you can go click on the banner ads at pewterreport.com. Do the Amazon subscribe and save option. Get Celsius coming to you with regularity as well. The best energy drink out there. Great taste, gives you the boost you need without the crash and without the sugar you get from other energy drinks. Truly is a game changer. I just walked in the door. I just walked in the door and I instantly cracked open a Celsius. Instantly. Can was a little it. warm, so I got I got it on ice. But yeah, That's I right. J.C. Really Allen on the show as well. J.C., what's up, sir? How is everything going down at, uh, at the Advent Health Training Center? It was, it was great. And like, you know, Scott said, it was, you know, I haven't been covering the team and I haven't been as long as him, but you could definitely, you know, feel the emotion in the room. Yep. And uh, I, I think, I really think that Todd Bowles being the head coach this, for this season, at least the Bucks are in good hands. And I, I don't think there's going to be much of a drop off, if any drop off at all, um, you know, at, talking to him in, in the media scrum um, in the media room and, you no, know, he's pretty. He made it clear he's the head coach, you know, mm -hmm. and he's going to do what he wants to do. But at yeah. the same part, there's so much trust between these coaches because, as Scott just said, it's a family, right? And he trusts, you know, Byron and Brady to put the, the right game plan. He trusts Rodgers and Foot. And he mentioned that, you know, Rodgers is the guy who does great with the front seven, Foot's the guy who does a great job with the back seven. So when they're doing split fields against the running attack and then in the passing game, he trusts those guys completely. And, and that's, I think, it stems from Bruce's motto, you know, trust, loyalty, and respect. And that goes throughout this whole entire coaching staff. Now, coming up in the next couple of years, it might be a little different. But for this year, I think it's great. And, you know, they signed Ryan Griffin back, too, right now. So 
was going to say, know? I just saw that. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> we're moving now. I mean, go, going for year eight. I don't know if this means Blaine isn't back, but the offseason is. I think Scott's not on here for that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, when does right. the narrative start that Ryan Griffin wanted Scott, Bruce Arians Scott out? was already getting emotional a couple of minutes ago <laughs> when right. he just spoke about that. I think that, <laughs> I think we would have actually legitimately seen tears because that would have been the yeah. straw that broke the camel's back. If, I just uh, think it's it clear that Ryan Griffin was waiting to resign until after Bruce Arians. And step he was aside. there and then at that point he wasn't gonna he, he was there to enjoy it he was he said you know i hate bruce too like i won't right <laughs> i won't resign ryan with this team ryan griffin will have a longer career than tom brady brady's playing he's <laughs> brady's playing till he's 45 i think ryan griffin legitimately might be able to play until like 51 just the, the way he's able to stay quarterback yeah the way he's able to just stay on ross on this Bucks roster is uh, you got Josh Jobs just played for literally half the league, and That's then you've right. got Ryan who's played here for 28 years, just backing up the third string practice squad quarterback every year. Yeah, it is truly remarkable. You know, I got to get on my soapbox about one thing because I think I wrote about this today, you know, in that column that I did. But I think th- I hate that the fact that the that there are some places, not all places, not even most places, I would say. Shout out Jonathan Jones, CBS Sports, he did an awesome job with his column about Bruce Arians and the reality of the situation, as well as Peter King's article that broke the news, thought that was really well done as, as well. Um, but there are not a lot of people doing what Bruce Arians is doing right now. In fact, it's basically unheard of in sports. And I just think it deserves a lot of commendation for a couple of reasons, not just because Bruce is, Bruce is this perfect infallible person that like completes completely understands the plight of racism in America or the plight of inclusivity or all of those things, diverse hiring practices that he just uniquely gets that on a level that like most white people don't understand. I don't even think it's that per se, although I hopefully those things are true and his actions have certainly borne out that those things are true and that he does have a great understanding of those things. But I think more than anything, it's the fact that his actions are literally showing that he understands these things when Bruce is asked about these things, it, like verbally to comment because he has been such a trailblazer for diversity and inclusivity in the NFL with hiring women and, and hiring people of color, he has not gone on these long rants about it. He is not on social media posting these right. things, you know, like that's not what he does. Like he will address it. He will mention it. He will give a couple quick lines about it. But he is not getting on a soapbox and talking and talking and talking about these issues and trying to convince everybody how much he cares. He'll say something and he'll respond to questions, but more than anything, he is saying, you know what? I'm going to lead by example. I'm going to do it. I'm going to have 12 coaches of color on my staff. I'm going to have three coordinators who are black. I'm going to have uh, an assistant head coach who is black. Like those are the people in, in, posi- in position by me to succeed me. Like that's what I'm going to be about. That's what he's been about his entire career is doing those things and living that way. And when you, you look around people on Twitter, like Robert Math is talking about allyship, and this is what it looks like from white yeah. leaders and people in positions of authority. This is exactly what's happening, what needs to be happening in positions of leadership across our country, not just in football, but in positions of leadership. And Bruce is one of the few people that is actually living that out. That deserves all the commendation in the Absolutely. world for what he's doing. And what doesn't deserve to happen is for people to get on their box and talk about that are in the media that have a responsibility to report news and facts and real things that are instead talking about some made up friction relationship between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. 
Brady has been more effusive in his praise of Bruce Arians than he has ever been for Bill <laughs> Belichick. And I'm not talking about that he hated Bill Belichick. I'm not on any right. of that at all. Like, yeah, yeah. he never tried to force Bill out, nothing like that. Bill, He went there 20 years with Bill, and it was a relationship that I'm sure, obviously, they've said, had friction at times, no question about it. But he respected the heck out of him. And he, that, first of all, it's just not even Brady's style. It's just never been his style. It shows a complete lack of understanding for people on who Tom Brady is as a person. Like, he's been in the league for forever. We know who he is. We know what he does. This is not what he does. Like, this is not who he is. It's never been who he is. It's not about who to be who he is now. It's just not. Makes no sense. Second, Bruce Arians seems like the kind of guy to y'all that is going to accept getting pushed out. Bruce Arians? <laughs> Like no. he's and then he's just gonna stay with the organization. Right, yeah. Force, like, <laughs> yeah. Come on, this dude doesn't need this job. Like, that's like he's the old stand up there, like fighting back emotion over the organization that just pushed him out of his dream job and a chance. I mean, let's be, let's be, be real. That that let's be real. That would be the ultimate cuck move to just like I, stay is, stay stay in the organization. Like people after, think these things. It's yeah, so Brady's in the out. front row laughing with Arians and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, right, exactly. Along. Again, every, everyone watching, everyone watching here, or if you're listening to the podcast later, uh, check out our Peter Report social media. We posted a great video of yeah. uh, when Bruce oh was when Bruce was asked about, you know, the the quote unquote rift about him and, and Brady, and he's like, "I'm trying to get you on the golf course," and he like keeps yelling about that. And it, I panned the camera over to to uh, Tom Brady. And he's nodding his head in agreement with everything that Bruce Arians was saying, which was essentially, we have a great relationship. We've worked together and things have really been so great. But yeah, to your point with everything you're talking about, John, you know, Bruce gets a lot of eyes on him, but he's, he doesn't have that. Like he's not trying to get attention. He just answers. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't do the look at me. He just answers things unapologetically the way that he does. So like when he hires an all black, coaching staff for coordinators mm -hmm. he's just like yeah they were the best guys for the job yeah. you know he doesn't he doesn't exactly. like really think twice about that and that's one of the other things i love too just with all the news that broke last night is as you mentioned robert mathis and, and chandler jones and you saw dom Sue today and a bunch of current bucks players the amount of uh just love and admiration that current and former players were showing for both todd bowles mm -hmm. And uh, and Bruce Arians, I think, was like totally awesome. And it just speaks to the type of guys that they are. And then one last thing, too, you said it about Bruce, but I think it resonates throughout the whole organization. I think it resonates why Bruce and guys like Jason Light formed such a great relationship. And Jason was able to get Bruce here in the building in the first place. I was asking uh, uh, Jason to, today after um, everyone else spoke, and I was pretty much just asking him his confidence in the entire coaching staff because Todd and Bruce were saying that, you know, we have so many great assistant coaches that, you know, there could be five to seven future head coaches on this current staff mm. right now. And uh, so I asked Jason, like, you must be through the roof, et cetera, et cetera. And um, he answered, and then he went out of his own way. Like, this wasn't even exactly what I was asking, but he went out of his own way to be like, you know, these guys are all great. And like, we didn't just make them coordinators because they are black. We made them coordinators because they are terrific at their job and what they do. And for Jason to like go out and say that and just had it on the mind, it just shows that, you know, this organization, they do what's best for the team. And obviously they have made so many strides and leaps and bounds for 
black coaches, for women getting into the league, and minorities in general, just um, putting people in greater positions and opportunities to to better themselves. So I think yeah. everyone deserves, you know, tons of praise for how everything has went on. Yeah, and that's yeah. part of the thing. Talking to Joel Glazer after they spoke too is is one of the decisions <laughs> that played into them putting him in the ring of honor right away. He pretty much was like, you know, for everything that he's done for the franchise, what he represents, the trendsetter, the leader in the National Football League, opening doors. He's everything you just check, check, check for a person to go in that ring of honor. And, you know, Glazer thinks that should be like the first step. He thinks that Joel Glazer thinks he should be in the Hall of Fame for everything he's done for the league, too. And that's been echoed, you know, with PR and throughout, yeah. you know, media. If you if you look around, I mean, everyone's saying it. it for the Hall of Fame, it's not just about what you do as a head coach. And obviously, we know he's a Super Bowl winner. But what he's done and the, the doors he's opened and, you know, just being so diverse with his staff and welcoming and everything, he's just yeah. And JC, not to cut you off, but again, that's Bruce being Bruce because he yeah. said today, I don't give a shit about the Hall, the Hall of Fame. Of fame. That's, right. just him, that's just him that's, being him, you know? Yeah, and he's a straight shooter. That's what he thinks. Like, to him, it just doesn't matter compared to people. And he has told us this every step of the way. And mm -hmm. I know there are most people actually really like Bruce Arians. And the NFL people like him. Fans are way more delusional on Twitter. Like, and, and <laughs> sometimes, hope not often, but sometimes in the comments. Like, and just in terms of how they talk about coaches in general like the role that they feel like coaches have, especially when there's a great player on their team. It's like that coaches one, both cannot be good at their job. One has to be an idiot. The other one has to be good. That right. we're not a both and <laughs> for the most part, like, unfortunately, like, so and, uh, it's, it has to be one yeah. or the other when it reality, it just isn't. And I think that today reflected that and the commentary from some people have reflected that. But I do think that like seeing this happen and play out the way that it, for anybody who cares about logic and like reality has clearly played out. It just is a really – it's kind of a cool situation. To be honest, the NFL, like most organizations and like most things in our world, are, are, are is pretty broken in a lot of the way that they do things. But, man, this was kind of a, a – it was just cool. Like it's just a neat story. It's a neat it opportunity. It's a, it's a sign of things that are done the right way by, I genuinely believe, one of the best-run organizations in the NFL. I don't say that lightly. I'm a pretty critical person, always have been in my year covering the league. But – being able to cover the Bucks up close like this and see that way that they handle all these things, I just think they're really our first-class organization. And, and today was a great example of that. The pressers were a great example of that. The humor, just the comfortability. Everybody's. Really it was like happy. going to. It was, it was like awesome. going to a concert, seeing one of your favorite bands, and they play all the hits, and like yeah. everything landed. You know, like <laughs> yeah, it's just like Bruce going up there. Yeah. Bruce going up there wow. and like thanking everyone, and then being like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know the shit that I'm gonna do in my new role, but like I, I <laughs> yes. hope it I hope it goes right. well. Yeah, and, and then Mike dropping Florio. I love yeah. the media. I love the media. <laughs> Everyone out there, national, and write whatever you want, okay, Florio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was great. And Bulls, Bulls too. Bulls too oh, was very, was very funny where he's like, Yeah, you know, Bruce drinks and smokes. I don't drink or smoke. I can't wear a Kangle. I can't be Bruce. We were probably great for each other because we were never in each other's ways. And he's like, all right, Bruce is the cool guy. I'll be chill. And then he's <laughs> like, ah, oh, but Tom Brady's chill. So, like, I got to find another role on this team. Like, I thought Todd Bowles was so great. And one last thing, too, because I just I had it on my mind, the rift between Arians or the alleged rift between Arians and Brady, because clearly there is not one. I think some people just make predictions, and they want that prediction to be so true so badly that they just – refuse to like believe anything else and will take any 
any type of route to be like, see, like there's a connection here when there's really not. People just they make a prediction, they're wrong, but they want to believe it so much that they just they just keep hammering that nail until it was someone it was shut down by nearly everybody there too like joel glazer said you know i (laughs) nothing surprised me we live in a twitter instagram social media world yeah yeah. you know and then and then in our in the private uh media room with with um he was basically like this just this stuff just never happened yeah he's like listen i'm i'm everywhere i'm I know everyone who's here. I know where you sit. I know where you stand. I know where you write your articles. Yeah. I know it's happening <laughs> on both fields at the same time. And I have never seen anything that would lead me to believe that there was a rift. So yeah. it's just media being media. I mean, people, know that yeah. aren't in, people, dialed in and in tune to it. And people are ultimately just going to believe whatever they feel like believing. That's a, unfortunately it's a, it's a problem with our media. It's a problem with the culture just in general is that, we don't care about facts or evidence or any of those things. We just circumstantial care about narratives and that's, and we chase them. Not everybody, obviously not, not calling everybody, but it's just an you issue. In terms of so Florio was on WDA. I'm listening to it on the way in. And he's like, you know, I've heard this. I've heard that it's all circumstantial evidence. He goes, he goes, you know, it's like when you wake up in the morning and you see snow in your car, but you didn't see the snow because you were sleeping. I'm like, are you really comparing this rift to, to yeah. an overnight snowstorm? What are you doing? So it's just, it's just something that, you know, Incredible. we pride ourselves here at not doing. And, you know, it's going to happen throughout the media. And, you know, as yep. John, it is. John said, uh, so eloquently the other day in his article about it, uh, you know, about not, not going for clicks or I think it was a tweet. I don't yeah. know. You did a great job, though. I don't remember what you were talking about, but thank you. <laughs> but no, <laughs> I, I think somebody said it really well in the chat. Like, it is kind of a shame. Like, we we do have to talk about these things, obviously, because it's out there. I hope to last night I was like, we could probably just avoid all this in the show tomorrow. Then today it's like every, you know, people are talking, even though they're dismissing it, they're talking about it. So we <laughs> talk about it and dismiss it. But like, I do think it's important to turn our attention to Todd Bowles now, as people are saying in the chat, yeah. and just talk about kind of like what we expect from him. Matt, you've obviously grew up a Jets fan and you were obviously a Jets fan during the Todd Bowles days there. And yeah, his record wasn't great, obviously, but his quarterbacks that he went through there were it's pretty abysmal group. I know you put out a tweet, I think, or something, or you retweeted something or shared something just about the quarterbacks that What's he that had in, in New York with the Jets. And it's obviously pretty, pretty rough group. Want to know with Gino Smith there, shout out. Um, but just I don't know, what do you think about Bulls? You fought him closely, obviously, during those times. What do you feel about him as a leader and the media interactions and how do you think things are going to be different? I mean, you talk about New York to Tampa Bay, yeah, a way better team <laughs> and a way better culture. And it just, it's a very different thing. It is hard to make that in comparison with him because of how many things are already in place that are rare for a head coach going to a new situation. Yeah, absolutely. And I still think Todd Bowles is a really good coach. It obviously didn't work out with the Jets, but it hasn't worked out for the Jets since 1969 when they won the Super Bowl. So, you know, I don't really put that, on Todd Bowles too much. He was the coach from 2015 to 2018. I think it's very important, too, to look at because there's so much non-success there. His best year coaching the Jets was his first year. They went 10-6. and They missed the playoffs because they lost in the last week of the season to uh, the Buffalo Bills when Ryan Fitzpatrick threw an interception at the goal line. And, of course, your freaking Steelers got in because the Jets lost. But anyway. um, I remember remember where I was during the game. Yeah, so (laughs) – (laughs) <laughs> the, the quarterbacks, of course, that he dealt with Fitz, which he had the Fitz magic that first year when they went 10 and six and then Fitz tragic the next year. <laughs> um, you know, um, he had Bryce Petty for a little bit. I believe like oh. Frank McElroy, uh, Gino was in there, too. So I, I think the really 
for Bowles, and he kind of spoke about it in his, in his press conference today too. He's like, good players make you good, make you a good coach. Mm-hmm. And um, the Bucks, the Jets certainly they had some talent um, on both sides of the ball. Um, but he never really one. He never really had that quarterback. I, I think that's obvious. And now he has Tom Brady, but um, he never really had a full offense that he could put together. Um, maybe part of that was I think part of that on Bowles is that he never really got the type of uh, the right type of offensive coordinator for this offense. That first year, again, when they went 10 and six, you got the good part of Fitz, but you also had Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, which, a, which was a, a pretty good um offense at that time some some good uh running backs as well chris ivory made the pro bowl the next year so um there were pieces there about that chris ivory in the pro bowl insane um but he had the pieces there defensively so some just some stats i want to put out to you again this is the year when they went 10 and 6 first year under todd Bowles. their defense um 318.6 yards per game that was fourth best in the nfl um their run game was 13th uh, sorry, their passing game was uh, 13th in the league, 235 yards. Um, this will come as no shock at all whatsoever. They were second in uh, run stoppage with 83.4 yards per game, and they allowed 19 less than they allowed 19.6 points per game, which was uh, ninth best in the league. So we're still talking about top 10. So we had the pieces there on defense. He had a uh, Muhammad Wilkerson up front. He had Sheldon Richardson. Um, again, younger in his career when he was a way better player. He had Darrell Revis coming uh, to his second stint with the Jets. Um, he had six interceptions that year, so Revis is still playing at a high level before he really started breaking down. But I think so. Todd still Mario had a great defense. Calvin Pryor, he had some, he had some yeah, Cal- Calvin Pryor was so so. Outside line, he had he had to he had the last year of Demario Davis, actually, he had two years of Demario Davis, but Davis. Had his last year with the Jets, then he went to Cleveland, then he came back to the Jets before he went to the Saints. So solid middle linebackers, but something that the Bucs are giving him that he never really had with the Jets at all is um, an outside pass rusher. You know, obviously you have that with Shaq Barrett. They're hoping Joe Tryon-Tranquil will be that. Um, that's something he never had in New York. And then after that first season, really the issue, again, not necessarily with Bulls, but, um, you know, these talented players that they had, it really started to break down a little bit more, and then the offense couldn't score. I mean, the Jets would lose games forty to seventeen. So I think he never really had that that stout offense that he wanted outside of his first year as a head coach, which really hurt him. That clearly won't be the issue here with Tampa Bay, and he's always been a great yeah. defensive minded coach. So in right. terms of and he'll him, keep calling the defense, he said today. Yeah, he's going to keep calling the defense. Um, Bowles, when he was the Jets head coach, too. Um, he got questioned a lot for his time management in certain um, moments when he would call timeouts. I don't necessarily know that that's going to plague him here with the Bucs. I mean, Bruce Arians had a couple of questionable timeouts during his tenure. Andy Reid has historically been horrible when it comes to timeouts, and he's a Super Bowl yeah. winning coach. So I don't think that's the end all be all for his, um, you know, for how it's I going mean, to Mike go. Mike Tomlin is Bucks. probably all time bad at it. Right. I mean, just and unbelievable. So I just, I just think Bowles, he's in a position now. He has a much better offense than he ever had. He's still a great defensive coach despite the last play against the Rams. Um, he had just has so many better players here with the Bucs than he ever had with the Jets. So um, and it's just a better organization, too. I mean, he mentioned that, too. You know, Bruce kind of told him, hey, you know, you never know what you're going to, you know, what you're going to get into when you leave here. And he, he brought yeah. that kind of up as well uh, when he was on the podium talking, uh, you know, 
I think that here you have an organization where they're going to support you. You're in a, in a much better situation than New York. No offense. It's just toxic. I just think the Jets never found the – I mean, sure, there's questions about yeah. ownership with the Jets, um, but I think they never really found the right general manager too in terms – they had McCagnin and then McCagnin got out of there. Yeah. So I, I, I think it, it – That I, makes it so different. It, it just mm-hmm. does. Like when the culture's in place – when the GM is in place that has consistently over the last five years added talent and basically only had bangers and free agency in the draft, like just only, you know, it just hasn't missed for years to essentially like, it's just that was changes a, everything. Yeah. And you have a, John, that was those a are like the most is, important things. That was a key too. a lot of bad drafts when Bowles was there. They yeah. never really had players that developed too much. I remember Lorenzo Malden was like a third round guy. Yeah. Third round mm-hmm. guy. Lorenzo, and everyone's yeah, like, Oh, he's got a high motor. He mm-hmm. could be like a future pass rusher. It just it just never worked out, and yeah. they weren't really able just, to develop right. a lot of defensive players. So they relied on yeah. veterans they had, and then when they started breaking down, it was you know, it it yep. was a snowball effect. Everything rolled downhill, and then, yeah, it will be fascinating. I really don't like I said this year. I don't know how much it changes. First, I don't know the Bulls is going to have like this huge input on the draft. Sounds like Bruce Arians said he's done the most draft work he's ever yeah. done, and he's going to be a part of the draft at least uh, decision making, which he's always been a part of he's always been involved in that process but jason obviously is is going to run that part of it and is that's probably his biggest strength just naturally he realizes you know he works with other people for other aspects but he's a great strength in terms of drafting and acquiring players so like bulls isn't going to have to necessarily do a ton of that this year especially um like i said the, the players are in place the leaders are in place the quarterbacks in place this year i just don't know that we're going to see a huge ripple effect long term this becomes really interesting to me and i'm not yeah. going to predict anyone's failure or anything like that. I do think, and I've said and gone on the record just in general, and I think it's only fair for me to now apply it specifically to the Bucs situation, it is difficult to build a long-term winner with a defensive-minded head coach. Um, not because I think defensive-minded head coaches can't be good leaders at all. I don't. That's not at all the point. I think it's hard because offense is the most consistent thing year-to-year in the NFL. We have tons of numbers that show us offense is more sustainable year to year and especially great offense is more sustainable year to year than great defense because great defense there's a lot of variance on it depending on execution of offense a lot of good defenses are boosted by bad offensive play that they face the bucks this year faced some of the worst offenses in the nfl and as a result they were in what top five dvoa i believe for defense this season top five top seven like that but they faced the worst slate of passing attacks in the nfl this season this upcoming yeah. year that won't be the case and they'll be healthier so we'll see what happens but it, it just the variability of, of what you face on the other side of the ball, especially the quarterback position, along with other things, changes a lot for defense. So I say that just because if you have an offensive head minded head coach, an offensive oriented head coach, your offense is going to have more stability and consistency year to year, which is the more sustainable side of the football in the NFL. If you don't have that, your off and your offense is good, your offense coordinator is probably going to get hired as a head coach yeah. somewhere else. Or in your in this situation with the box specifically, your quarterback will probably eventually retire or maybe leave after this year. Whatever, we'll see what happens. But those are all kind of plausible outcomes for the situation. And you know, there is this scenario where he just keeps nailing the offensive coordinator higher, like Tennessee. Although they haven't really made it that far in the playoffs, I see, and I don't think anybody really sees them as a Super Bowl contender. They were the one seed in the AFC this year, shouts, and they've lost two offensive coordinators now and to head coaching jobs, and they continue to. Hire good offensive coordinators. Like that's very hard to do. They've done it. They're kind of one of the few defensive-minded led teams in the league that has kind of jumped into that window and not even had an elite quarterback and been a good regular season team. And you know, obviously they find their limitations in the playoffs for sure. And like I said, I don't know if anybody considers them a true contender. But even if you look NFC side, like 
it's almost all offensive minded head coaches in the NFC, like that are succeeding mm-hmm. right now. Just, just is. And a lot of that is because when you have a defensive minded head coach, you know, not most people weren't like Belichick who had basically McDaniels come back to him then after being with him for forever and just kind of had great offense and stability there. Cause he got either not taking other jobs or not getting interviews after the Colts thing. Like it was just this unbelievable amount of stability that rarely do defensive minded head coaches keep that amount of stability in place. And so unique situations are exceptions, but like Mike Tomlin's a great example. Like Steelers haven't won a postseason game in forever. And a big part of it is he can't nail the OC hire. Like, and, and the quarterback situation obviously is declined as well, but he can't nail the OC hire and he's a defensive mind head coach and he keeps hiring guys and they're just, they're not good or they're not good enough. And he's gone through, you know, two now Canada staying and he's bad. And so it's, it's this kind of, it's so important to have a great offensive scheme and quarterback relationship and quarterback assessment and be able to get the most out of a quarterback from whoever your offensive minded guy is. And that relationship is so important that if you don't have the OC and you don't have the quarterback, you don't have the play calling, you don't have the quarterback, it really doesn't matter. And Bulls found that out in New York, right? Like, it really didn't matter. He had good defenses, and it just really didn't yeah. matter. Like they just if you can't score, if you can't score, you're screwed. I think just, even the Bucks. Yeah. I think Bucks fans would know that too. Going back right. to um, the year before they won the Super Bowl, right. you know, they it's, shut down the Rams, the greatest show on turf, and yeah. uh, they couldn't score. So right, and so long term, what is Bulls going to do offensively? Like when he, when Brady's gone and when Lafouette are gone, which will happen eventually, but yeah, probably, probably both. Yeah, yeah, it could could be next year. We have no idea, but you know, what is going to happen? What is he going to move to? Will he promote from within? And if he does, will he keep Arian system? Will he let that guy just do his thing on that side of the ball? Um, right. Will it stay the same? Will he hire somebody from the outside? Will it be a more conservative approach? Some defensive minded guys t- tend toward a more conservative approach. He's very aggressive on defense. So maybe he won't. I don't know. Um, but there, you know, he didn't have quarterbacks in New York. So even if we wanted to glean something from that, we really can't glean a lot from that. Um, how involved will he ever be on that side of the ball? Um, there are just lots of questions. What will Does he Aaron take guys with him will, that he wants yeah. to promote? Like, yeah, how will he assess the quarterback position moving forward for the future? Long term, lots of questions. We just won't know the answer to. Um, but short term, there's no reason to be discouraged. This seems like it was the right move. You're in a Super Bowl now window. He's the probably the best option here, Goodwin, in my opinion. And Bulls has done it before, and I do think that will help him short term. So it, long way to go to fully assess the move. Definitely not trying to totally play just something to think about in terms of which side of the ball offers a little bit more stability in, in those situations so it's good stuff uh it's good thoughts just across the board it's it's been a bittersweet day in some ways but it's also kind of exciting and it's going to be fun to see kind of where this thing goes long term i think because uh obviously the bucks have a chance to do something special this year the Rams signed bobby wagner today yeah, he's gonna be 32 this summer. They signed him for pretty decent money. Uh, I just I don't know that that helps them as much as people are gonna think, and I don't know that Allen Robinson helps them as much as people think. I mean, they lost Robert Woods, they lost wow. OBJ. Like this is just a very, this is a totally different team. I mean, Vaughn Miller, Andrew Whitworth. There's just a lot of big losses wow. for this team. Darius Williams, Darius Williams. starting quarter. There's just a lot, um, and they're supposed to be the next best team in the NFC. It's just it's going to be a great opportunity for the Bucks this year to maximize another chance to win a Super Bowl and um, Bulls, yeah, could capitalize on that and could continue to build a winner after that too. So it's it's a rare opportunity for a first year head coach to be able to step into a situation like this and and Bruce recognized that and and uh, I think we should all obviously you know, commend him greatly for that uh, that move and uh, that selflessness for sure. Speaking um, of uh, signings and wide receivers, I don't know if you guys and. Heard the news, but 
Terrell Owens is playing football again. Where? He's going to be playing in the fan-controlled football league for the, I don't even know what city they're located in, but the Zappers. And none other than Johnny Football is going to be his quarterback. So uh, <laughs> that wow. should be interesting to see. Wow. Owens looks like he's in shape. So. He, he always is. looks like he'd go. He's just a specimen. 48 years old, going back to it, football. Antonio Brown back. also wants to play, guys. He also uh, yeah. <laughs> he also does yeah, not understand why he's not being offered major contracts. Russell he's, Gage money. Oh he's pulling God. the he's pulling the Shaquille O'Neal, and I love Shaq. Um, <laughs> but Shaq had that line: "I got hurt on company time, so I'll rehab on company time." That's, he's doing that too. That's yeah. what a, that's what AB is doing. He, he is the epitome of that. You you seen that meme? I, I don't know what show it's from, honestly. So it's probably a famous show, and I'm going to sound dumb saying this, but that meme where the guy's like in the hot dog costume or whatever, and he's like. Or it's a banana costume. I forget. And he's like, we're all wondering who did this. And it's like clearly hit the him. The, he's the like transgressor who did this thing. And he's like looking at the group of people. And he's like, we're all wondering who did like <laughs> who it is that did this. This is like AV. Like he's just constantly like, how am I in this situation? Like, what is right. the cause of this? And I, mean, I think like, of the uh, I like, think of the Eric Andre is- meme where he like. I don't know if you guys know who Eric Andre is, but yeah. he he like shoots at something, and then he's like, "How could this? How is this possible?" And That's like, right. Well, you did it, you idiot. Pictures of themselves in Ravens jerseys too, just begging teams to sign. Look how good I look in this. <laughs> it's truly humiliating. It's, it's such a talented player. It's just such so a waste. Bad. Sad to watch, to be honest. But uh, anyway, this was a great show, a great week of shows on the pod. We appreciate everybody jumping in here obviously your super chats and your and your uh, likes obviously if you could give a thumbs up to the show before you leave give us a like before you head on out we appreciate that boosts our youtube algorithm we are closing in on eight thousand subscribers super excited about that obviously um and uh guess what if you're looking for something to do this weekend head on down to pin chasers right matt this is the place bowling food and fun especially on the weekends they got all kinds of fun stuff going on and matt is it all you can eat breakfast it's I I know they got breakfast food. I know they all have, day breakfast, all day. All breakfast. Yeah, it's all, all day. It's all, all day. It's all day breakfast because they have the all you can eat pizza. They have the dollar Miller lights. They have the all you can bowl on Thursdays. Um, yeah, go to their we- website pinchasers.net because they have so many different deals that they're all awesome. But they're you almost can't keep up with them because they have different deals coming all the time. But they have multiple locations as you can see on the screen there. Uh, multiple spots uh, it's great to bring your family to it's great for just a night out with friends maybe go on a double date something like that and um yeah like i said you can go pretty much anywhere and another great thing too is the food is underrated even if you're not getting breakfast if you're just getting regular food that you get at dinner time uh, they bring it right to you as well which is like a huge luxury you feel like you're mr or mrs vip because the the waiters and waitresses come up right to you you order it they bring it to you whenever the food is ready uh it's very underrated like i said so uh, go to pitchasers.net reserve a lane book a party have a great time uh you won't be disappointed absolutely out that bacon out real quick uh also guys if you're looking for something to do sunday most likely and i'll tweet it out uh jc allen nfl i'm gonna do another one of these twitter spaces mock draft last week me and josh capo and you never know who's gonna pop on i saw john we were supposed to do that today i know we were Bruce new scrapped it. <laughs> we'll do a we'll do a mock sim on the Twitter spaces. So just follow me if you're not. And uh I always encourage people to come up on stage and, and help make the pick. We had like four or five people virtual up on stage. And yeah. uh yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. So look yeah. look for that on my tweets and, and we'll schedule that probably on Sunday. Yeah, it's great stuff. Great stuff. We got we'll move back 
into draft mode next week. I promise. Like we will get <laughs> yesterday. We had a great conversation about the wide receivers in this class to so make sure y'all check it out, but we appreciate everybody jumping in and uh, giving their thoughts uh, and opinions on all this stuff and listening to us, give our thoughts and opinions as well. We always appreciate y'all. We love y'all. And we'll catch you again next week on the pewter report podcast out. Enjoy WrestleMania out. Ooh.